Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're two card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. A cheeky little special. Yeah, we are. Because why is that, Emma? Because it's Fertility Week. It is bloody Fertility Week. Oh, yeah. It is. Second to the 5th of November, which, FYI, is not a full week. But, you know, sure. It's not a full week. I mean, what's that about? Couldn't they stretch for the seven days? Mm, Apparently not. Apparently, fertility is only worth celebrating or being aware of for three days, four days. Second, third, fourth. Four days. And your entire life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Have you been? I'm okay. Well, I'm in quite a bad mood. Um, My Instagram followers will know that the sale of my house fell through today. Today is Sunday. Mm, I know, mate. Um, Which is really fucking annoying. But I'll get over it. If anybody wants a house in Margate, give us a shout. We might be able it's to right, do it for man. you for a it's special a really price. lovely house. It is a really lovely house. Um, so there's that. Um, also, we're on lockdown as of Thursday. Yeah. Are you? Um, do you think you'll be banging out some banana breads again? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm in London rather than Margate this time, and it's less nice, I'll be honest. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Lockdown in London's a bit shit. Mm-hmm. But um, at least you're not locked down in London with rats in your basement. Because <laughs> that's oh what we're, we're dealing with over here. Do you and still have flies? Fucking shit, yes. Oh my God. I have to hoover flies up oh every couple of hours. Oh my God. So it's a really grim situation. And our estate agent was like, well, you, I mean, why don't you just move? I'm like, why don't we just move? Good question. We're buying a house and it's taking ages. So we can't just move. Oh the whole thing's a bit like, fuck, we're trapped in a house of squalor. Yeah, I mean, so my, my problem is quite a first world problem. Your problem 
is a third That's world problem. Victorian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very it's Victorian. Pretty, it's pretty real over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Mr. Gabby, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, is phobic of flies, so that makes the situation even worse. Oh, Mr. Gabby. Hey, guess what's... Sorry to interrupt, but guess what's happening right now? What's happening? But every time we record the podcast, my cat Nora starts eating her dinner, and guess what's just happened? Oh, yeah. Crunchy, she's, crunchy. She's just started eating. Like, can you hear it? I think it's great. It's atmospheric. <laughs> she just loves like it. The, the crunch of a of a tuna biscuit. <laughs> she just wants to be on the mic. She's jealous. <laughs> um, so the reason the reason that we're doing this is because um, when we last spoke to Liz and Nick, we had a bit of a cliffhanger, didn't we? We did, yeah. So they have recorded some extra bits and Mm -hmm. we've kind of squished them together and created one mega hour and a half long episode. It's a bumper update. It is a bumper update and it's all Liz and Nick all the time. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, it's emotional. Very emotional. It's, um, you know, it's the roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so w- when we last spoke to them, um, it was early August and they w- they'd been about to do an embryo transfer, but then a pesky cyst came and ruined the party. A pesky cyst. So that's where we we're going to pick up. That's where we we're going to pick up. So they did some extra things, extra recordings after that mm-hmm. for us. Um, so we joined them again in late August. Ooh, and they're kind I remember of, those heady days. Yeah, and they're trying to get ready for transfer again. Um, and then at the end, I caught up with Liz just on the phone and had a really quick chat with her to see how, how it's all going, like what's going on. Um, so you'll hear that as well. So we're coming to you on a Tuesday, guys. Obviously, it is Fertility Week. And um, so Fertility Supports Saturday, which some of you might remember, um, which was organised by the wonderful Becky at Finding Mum. Um, it's coming back on Saturday. So there is a, a cabal of us who yeah. are all taking, um, we're doing some Instagram lives, speaking to some experts. So there's different topics covered. So it's a whole day of really interesting conversations, I think. And I'm kind of the last one at seven o'clock on Saturday talking about sperm. Yeah. So, I mean, what else are you doing on a Saturday evening these days, guys? <laughs> oh, so on the same time as Strictly, though. Fuck, I, did, I didn't think of the Strictly oh, one. Oh, no, not Strictly. I'm never going to win that clash. Mate, just put some sequins on and you'll rival any Strictly. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Please um, tune in, guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it, though, on my Instagram TV so you can watch it later. Yeah. Oh, also, um, I should say that for those of you who aren't obsessive followers of us on Instagram, firstly, follow us on Instagram. Secondly, we uh, have launched an email newsletter. Yes, we have. It's called The Waiting Room. It comes out on a Tuesday. It's basically just the podcast in email form. So just us twatting on about ourselves for a bit. And then um, some links to kind of stuff that's supposed to keep you occupied while you're sitting in a waiting room or while you're just waiting. I think it's much broader than the podcast because it's like we wank on about TV programs and and like books and games. Yeah, we do. And we don't have Professor Tim, sadly. 
We don't have Professor Tim, no. He wouldn't sign up to the newsletter um, job, the gig, for some reason. <laughs> um, so do sign up. You can go to our website. It's uh, bigfatnegative.com. And on the top right, well, you should get a pop-up. But if you don't get a pop-up, in the top right-hand corner, there's a thing that says newsletter. Um, yes. So you can sign up there. And it comes out every um, Tuesday, like the podcast. And people really like it. They we do. got some great feedback. Mm-hmm. They do. So... So if you're not getting it, you're missing out, guys. You are missing out. Um, and this morning's was particularly good because there were some Liz tips on surviving lockdown. Yes, exactly. Because Wales has been in lockdown for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, those guys have been ahead of us. Yeah. Um, so the smart ones. <laughs> before we let them loose, the foxes, that is, um, you can email us. You can email us at bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on Instagram at bigfatnegative you can follow us on Twitter at bigfatnegative you can follow us on Facebook bigfatnegative you took you topped you put that on its head did I? you started with the email that never happened I'm sorry trying to catch me out yeah I am um please enjoy this episode and we'll catch you again at the end please do guys speak to you soon Hello. We're back. Indeed. How are you doing? I'm <laughs> doing fine, thank you. Are you, sh- are you sure? <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? What, in the world of um, IVF? I mean, you could tell me in general if you like. <laughs> yeah, this and that. <laughs> <laughs> lovely weekends. We did have a lovely weekend. But what did we do before the weekend? What did we do before the weekend, indeed? Well, um, my period arrived. Ta-da! Not immediately after I stopped the pill, as I seem to remember that was what happened when I was on the pill, like, years ago. I can't comment, to be honest. (laughs) I was going to say, have you ever known me being on the pill? I don't think you have. Yeah, when we... Oh, when we first, first got, got together, together, I was yeah. on the pill, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just seem to remember it was like, finish the pill, boom, your period would arrive straight away. That was not the case. That was not the case at all. Um, it took five days. <laughs> it took five days for the bloody thing to arrive. Um, did, did you think we got lucky? No, because I was on the pill. Although, actually, um, a friend of ours ovulated through the pill, so, mm. you know, it could have happened. But no, I didn't. Because shit like that doesn't happen to us. You. It was ridiculous. Um, yes, so it arrived five days after I stopped taking the pill. Um, and then I rang the clinic to see whether or not this pesky cyst had indeed fucked off. Um... I mean, that was, like, how did you feel about me going into the clinic and obviously all the possibilities that that brought? Um, I think there's two answers that could have come out. I don't think I'd have been particularly surprised by either one at this stage. No? No. It's a, it's, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm prepared for anything, but um, that's not really the case because they can keep surprising you with stuff. Mm. But 
I I I kind of thought you'd be okay. Oh really? Yeah. Why did you think that? I don't know. Oh. I just because this this happened before, hasn't it? In my with the NHS yeah, or something it has, similar. Yeah. yeah, it has. Yeah. But I didn't take the pill that time. Yeah. So. That's interesting. I didn't realise that you kind of assumed that all would be well in the yeah. in the garden. I um. I don't know how I felt actually. I mean, I, I kind of guess I was a bit like you. I didn't really feel anything particular either way. Um, I didn't feel hopeful that it would be gone, no. and I didn't feel um, that it necessarily would still be there. So you're in and out very quickly. I was. So they got me in on day three of my cycle. And um, as per usual, it was very, um, you know, well-managed. Everybody was, um, you know, very kind of conscious about, uh, you know, hand sanitising and taking temperatures and mask wearing and all that sort of stuff. Um and also, they had some extra questions. What did they say? Something about uh, had I been abroad, and if I had been abroad, had I quarantined? Obviously, no to those questions because I've not been anywhere. Um, we haven't been to England, have we? No, no, we haven't left the country. No, so um, that was quite straightforward, and. Um, Actually, had some queries about billing. Yeah, the interesting stuff. Which is always fun. Because <laughs> um, I really wasn't too sure what was included in actually what we were going to do. Um, so they actually gave me a list of things that is included in this particular cycle, which was very helpful. Did we get a meal or anything? Night away? No. It's disappointing. I know. But we do get embryo glue. Nice. Don't know what that is. Well, I'd used up most of mine, so. So it's nice to have some more. Absolutely. Some stick. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to come out of the mouth. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what the benefit of that is, but we're getting it. So <laughs> there we go. Um, I want. I think stuff like that sounds a little bit made up. Probably is. I know it's not, but. Yeah, embryo glue, we just stick it in there and then chuck the embryo at it and it sticks. I, I mean, it might work that way, I don't know. Apparently the... Um, embryo H- Velcro. Embryo Velcro. It's the next thing. I was going to, yeah, the HFEA have got this, uh, that's the human embryology something, something. The people who regulate the IVF clinics anyway. Um they've got like a little traffic light system to say like what's been tested so what's got like good scientific evidence behind it and what's just a pile of shit basically and where does IVF in general fall in that (laughs) I don't know I don't know it's got I think it's traffic light system for add-ons only oh okay not IVF in general um no so uh I don't. I don't know where embryo glue falls, and that so I probably should probably should look really. Not that it makes any difference, because it's just there. Like we didn't ask yeah. for it as an added extra. It's just happening. Um, on the pot. I mean, before I 
um, sort of reveal what's happened. Um, I actually was contacted by a lady this week who has also had donated eggs from the London Egg Bank and um, who has actually, I think she said she had 10 eggs and of the 10 eggs that they purchased, she now has five blastocysts. So I have to say that that did kind of make me feel better. Good. Not necessarily about the fact that I'm now hopeful we're going to get anywhere, but at least it made me feel less despair um, about the fact that it was clearly completely hopeless. Uh, also, I feel quite bad about my um, <clears throat> um, hopelessness or my verbalising of, you know, the shit odds because um, some Paul, uh, some other lady had gone to the London Women's Clinic having heard us talk about it. Um, so she was asking me about what I thought about all these statistics and stuff and actually speaking with her and talking it through logically with a person who's clearly less of an overthinker than I am was quite helpful. That's good. What did she say? Well, I think we sort of determined that probably the video that they sent us was quite a general video and not specific to A, the London Egg Bank, or donated eggs, or the London Women's Clinic. Um, you know, and obviously I didn't... There was nothing to, to kind of indicate that these statistics weren't worldwide. They, they weren't sort of UK-specific either. So I guess it's a very generalised viewpoint of fertilisation of eggs not necessarily specific to our certain situation. Um, so while it doesn't really make me, like I said, it doesn't make me feel any more hopeful. You have still seen it now. I can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Um, it did make me look at it in a more logical way, which was good. I'm sure it's worst case scenario. but I'm sure it is. And it's difficult because... I think with our history, you kind of automatically go to the bad place, yeah. don't you? So. Yeah, you automatically think we'll be unlu- the unlucky ones. Yeah, yeah. So. We've got to get some luck sometime. Well, I think we do, because, like, Nick, who's on this podcast, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, Nick uh, from Birmingham, who was on the first episode of this season, she... Um, I think consistently had very bad luck for a very long time and has just had some really good news. So good. I think that she's, you know, fingers crossed, we'll jump on her bandwagon and we can have some good luck, which would be quite nice. Nice, yeah. Anyway, um, we're all good to go. Yay. Ain't no cysts hanging around here, boys. All gone. Grand. I mean, I'm telling you, like, you've not heard this, but, I mean, you uh, are aware of it. I was in the car. You were in the car. Um, yeah, it was quite good, actually, because um, got in and obviously, you know, whipped the kecks off, blah, 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 as you, as you do. Did they mention me? No, but our favourite receptionist said we're her favourites. Yes. So, I haven't even been there for ages either. I know. 
Did you say we're her favourites or I was her favourite? I mean, we can go with you if you'd like to. Just saying. I'm not precious about it. We'll say we're. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Why did you say we're her favourites? I think we downplay us, but what have we done? I think she just remembers us. <laughs> I mean, poor woman probably remembers the fact that I just burst into tears on her after that first... No, second mock transfer didn't go well after my... Or second attempt at transfer didn't go well after my surgery. Did she remember that I passed out? She didn't mention the passing out, no. Maybe it was just good entertainment value. Maybe. To be fair, she probably just remembers us because we've had that much shit happen to us. She's like, oh, bless him. Does that translate into money back? Any? (laughs) (laughs) Can we get a refund? How bad do you feel? (laughs) Um, Anyway. That's nice. We've gone off on another tangent, but that is nice. It's lovely. I was very pleased with that. Um, Yeah, got in having sorted out my billing issue. Um, Whipped my kex off. She uh, had a good old prod around with Wanda and straight away was like, yeah, no, no, sis, you're good to go. Which was a big sigh of relief. Um, I mean, not that I thought I was that bothered about the outcome, but clearly I was because I was quite relieved to hear that it was uh, it was all rosy in the garden. Although I was saying to someone the other day that it feels really bizarre that it's around the same time that we had our second round of IVF. Um, you know, this is the sort of time we were having it last year with the NHS and it went really wrong. Did. So I'm kind of like a bit worried about, you know, is it a bad omen? Well, it had to be some time. It did, and also... (laughs) It's not exactly the same time. No, but I also feel a bit like, you know, given that I've got a semi-regular cycle of roughly 28 days, it's always going to be around the same time. Yeah, surely you can't have the same bad luck at the same time. Statistically speaking, that'd be... Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Anyway, um, so yes, we are cistless. Um, I say we're cistless, I'm cistless. Um, so that was really good news. And um, obviously I had all the drugs at home anyway, so it was a case of just get moving with that. Um, and they've booked us in for a, um, appointment to check my lining, um, in about 10 days time, I think ish. Um, so on the one hand, we had some really good news. On the other hand, not so great news. Would you care to elaborate, Mr. F? Really? <laughs> no. I've got to do my business in the clinic. Yeah. She's not in the a... waiting room, apparently, which I found was odd. <laughs> Where did you get that little nugget of information <laughs> from? <laughs> Just assumed. No, they've basically said because of the corona, um, you can't do your sample at home, which is a bit of a blow. I mean, I know you find it particularly stressful anyway, so you've kind of said, well, 
wherever it is, it's not going to be a fun experience uh, for me. It's just that noise that everyone knows what I'm doing. I know everyone has to do it in this situation, but... And it hasn't been that fun in the past where I've had to send you out on a walk. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they they were really... Um, I say thoughtful, it's not really the right word, but I think they were appreciative of the fact that it's not the easiest of tasks for anybody. Um, so they sort of tried to think of solutions to potentially diminish the pressure. Um, so they have said that you may be able to come in that little bit earlier and our appointment is at 8am, so we are the first in. Um. I'm not feeling romantic at the best of time at <laughs> 7am. Um, so, yeah, so you're going to be the first in, so at least you know that it's going to be... There's going to be nobody else around. Um, unlike normal, when it's quite a sort of hustle and bustle in there, there's quite a few, um, you know, potential uh, patients and stuff hanging around. There's literally going to be nobody else there, so... I, I mean, I don't know if that helps or not. Probably not, but they're trying their best, I yeah. guess. It has some comical times when you look back at it. I remember it was snowing that time. Yeah. And I was going to take out the sample on the train with me. <laughs> and then the train was cancelled. Yeah. And I, it's all a, a bit... You've got an hour to get in there. <laughs> what do I do? Panic! I think I was like close by in the car, yeah. wasn't I? You swore by and picked me up. I did. You and sample and all. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's difficult, but um, I think one of the questions that we really want to ask, the, or I would like to ask the clinic is, um, do they thaw the eggs um, prior to, obviously, Nick doing his sample? Because um, I would hope that if they don't, and if they wait to ensure that they have got something to fertilise them with before they thaw, then that takes the pressure off a little bit. It's frustrating because I literally, I cannot be of assistance in this particular area at all. Um, so we're, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Just going to keep you as calm as possible. Go for it. And you're just going to... Think of my bottom and go for it. Dad, you're laughing. I'm so <laughs> I, f- I feel like I don't really, like literally there's nothing I can do. Normally I'm quite a fixer, so I'm like, right, what, what can we do? How can we fix this? How can we sort this out? How can we make this better? I've got nothing this time. I've literally got nothing. I don't know what to do. Um, and, yeah, I find that very difficult. Yeah, I'll be fine. Well, I know you will be, because I know you'll do your best. <laughs> like you're going into an exam. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I know, I know. I mean, I'm uncomfortable talking about it at this length. Now everyone knows. Well, yeah, but nobody will know the exact time. I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. Just, Don't think too much into it. Just keep them crossed all the time. Just just pray for us. 
and uh, you know, fingers, it'll be all right. Anyway, touch word. Yeah. No pun intended. Oh dear. Right. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm super, thank you. How are you? I'm really tired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to go to bed? I'd love to. Yeah? Yeah. Okay then. Okay. Bye. (laughs) We can't just stop it there. No. Oh. So so why are we doing this? What do you mean? Why are we doing this? What's, what's happened? Oh, sorry. I was thinking, like... I don't know what I was thinking. Don't pose such questions to me when I'm in, in a confused state. Well, I have now been on oestrogen for approximately... seven days, is it? I think... I haven't been keeping tabs, if I'm honest. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was your responsibility. (laughs) Sorry, Nick's sat in a wicker chair. That's why you can hear creaking. Um, Yeah, I think it's about seven days. And uh, because I have been on progesterone... No, I've not even started that yet. So you can see what it's doing to me, yep. the oestrogen. In real time. In real time. Um, yeah, basically. I'm not even on it, and I'm tired, so. I'm yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm gonna fucking. You've been slipping it into my coffee, have you? I mean, I have got spares, mm. so I wouldn't put it past me the condition I'm currently in. Um, and I'm eating like a fucking trojan. I said that again. Thing. So am I, and I've got um, absolutely no. <laughs> I've just got a hearty appetite. Maybe you've been taking it. Yeah. No, I haven't been taking it, and I'm just... This is just my general state now. Um, But, yeah, because I've been on it for however long, day something, seven days roughly, I think, I went in to the clinic. We went into the clinic, actually, on Monday. Yesterday, because today's Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, for me to have a lining check um, and I got myself really confused because um, obviously I've never done this before as in I have done a frozen cycle before but it was about two years ago and Mm. um, I was really conscious about knowing or just having some sort of indication of like timings and how it was going to work and stuff because I know that you're someone who gets quite anxious um, and obviously with your sample having to be done at the clinic I just wanted to be really clear about how that was going to work just so I could prep you so I completely misunderstood <laughs> in every <laughs> in all of the ways <laughs> um You'll be the only one there. And I was for about a minute. And then about the bus unloaded outside. <laughs> but it didn't bloody matter anyway because you didn't need to do your no. sample. So um, I got you down there and... My trousers were halfway down. <laughs> I pepped, pepped you up for no reason. <laughs> Bigged you up for no reason at all. Um, 
and they didn't even need you and actually you would had to remain downstairs yeah um in the in the corner yeah <laughs> where you, i belong <laughs> put you in a little corner and um if I trundled because they were like, no, we need to check your lining first before we make any decisions. Had they said that to me at the original appointment, I would not have dragged you all the way down there. Well, I'd just been sat in my normal place in the car. Well, exactly. But you wouldn't have been in an anxious state. I mean, you might have been, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they just wanted to see me for a lining check, um, which is all fine. So we now have a better idea about what's happening next. Um, and I have got to start taking progesterone, which is just going to add to the tiredness, I think. So look out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's been so long since I've taken it. I haven't got a freaking... I can't remember if slash how it affects me. So that's going to be a little joy in itself. Um, but we now have a date for sample slash Thor. I believe it when I see it. <laughs> and, um... Your intel has not been good so far. No, it hasn't. I wouldn't trust me either. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what day it is. Well, I didn't until I mentioned it a few minutes ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of the next... Certainly for us, I think, or for me anyway, major hurdle is um, just getting some fucking eggs fertilised, to be honest. Um, And not so much from your perspective, but just because we've had zero fertilisation in the past, I think that's probably going to be quite an anxious time. It's probably going to be quite an anxious 24 hours for us, I would suggest. Yep. Um, I mean, to be fair, I was quite anxious going in um, or pre my, what I thought was our appointment on, on Monday morning. Yep. Um, and I slept really badly. I think I'm sort of, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm a bit like a swan currently, although I say that now <laughs> and I would like to rephrase that and say... <laughs> I was like a swan up until Monday, and now I'm just a fucking mess. Um, but up until Monday, I was like serenely gliding along the surface, but kicking like hell underneath just to stay afloat. Um, and now shit's getting real, and um, I'm trying to maintain my swan-like nature, but it's it's slipping quite considerably. <laughs> um, and I I listened to this. Um, I mean, I don't know how what the etiquette is of referencing another podcast on a podcast, but um, I listened to uh, How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. Yeah. Um, and I listened to a, a guy, a gentleman called Mo Gaudat, and uh, he was basically saying, and and actually. The context of the conversation was that they were talking about COVID. And he's somebody who helps, uh, or the question was around helping people to manage their anxieties, obviously around COVID, but I think the principle works um, in all situations. 
in that he was like, focus on the things that you know and try not to kind of get ahead of yourself because when you start catastrophizing, that's not helpful. So I am trying to live by this philosophy um, of just focusing on the things that I know to be true. So, you know, when we have appointments, I know that those things are going to actually happen and then trying not to think too far ahead. Um, I don't know if it's working so far. Yeah. I only started trying it today. <laughs> Watch your space. So, you know, next time you might get a slightly more zen me. I doubt it, but you never know. Just get a sleepy you next time. Yeah, that's true. So maybe we should do this like first thing in the morning when I'm slightly more mm. alert. Although yeah, actually... I'm not alert at that point. So. No. I, I, I suspect I'm spending none of the hours that I'm awake in a remote alert, to be honest. Um... On another but, positive note, the car passes MOT. Yes. Flying colours. Bonus. On the same and yesterday. So. I mean, I'm not. I would. Well, I was again catastrophizing the fact that it was going to cost us hundreds of pounds. But quite sensibly, you told me that we'd recently had it serviced and we haven't used it because of coronavirus. So. Or for many other reasons. Yeah. So what? Why was I worrying? And I didn't need to. So. When am I, since when did I become a relaxed one in I don't know this enough. relationship? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go back to my old ways, if you please. <laughs> what? You want to be the stressed one? <laughs> There's plenty of time for that. Exactly. Exactly. And at some point, we might both be stressed together, so that's something to look forward Yay. to. No. Ugh, anyway, so that's an update from us. Um, I mean, I sound delighted about it, don't I? I'm kind of swinging from, like, not thinking about it to being indifferent. But I was actually watching a documentary today about being happy, weirdly, with Tea Lady Haley from the call centre. And um, this lady was saying about the science of happiness is that your brain is trained to automatically think of the worst-case scenario. So, if that's true, it's not really my fault that I'm feeling so bleak. Then my brain must be top-notch, because <laughs> it does that perfectly. Exactly. Apparently, we shouldn't be letting it do that. We should be training it to go the other way. Mm. But that sounds like a lot of hard mm. work. God, I'm a right old positive Pam today, aren't I? Yep. <laughs> little ray of sunshine anyway as I said uh, that is an update from us Um, sorry about the bleakness I mean it wasn't that bleak it's just not delivered in such a light hearted and jovial way Um, so yeah fingers crossed we'll have a positive update for you next with regards to embryos Fingers crossed. And uh, until then, take care and uh, send us positive vibes, please. Speak to you soon. So, what's up? Oh, we just had a phone call from the clinic. Did we? Yeah. I mean, do you want to kind of launch in with that or do you want to back up a little bit and 
you know, let everyone know what's happened since uh, since our last little video diary. I've forgotten we are where we got to. <laughs> uh, so I feel like we might have been on day ten of estrogen, and we've been told that our our lining. I'm speaking about myself as if I'm a multiple. I'm not. Yeah. My lining was good. So was mine. Your lining was great. And then um, we were waiting for you to climb your Everest. Yeah. So would you like to continue the story from there? Well, um, does everyone know what my Everest is? I think we've explained what my Everest is. Um, I mean, if they've been loyal listeners of the podcast, <laughs> then they should. But bluntly, it's given my sample in the clinic. In the clinic. So I went in on Wednesday. You did. Was handed my cup. You were. And then that whole pantomime, oh, what do I do here? I've never done this before. <laughs> I led into the room. Lovely. Uh, I mean, give me a visual representation of what the room is like. It's a small room. Uh-huh. It's half bathroom, half living room. How was... If you can uh, picture that. How, how did that the make fir- you feel? The first half of the room is a chair and a TV. Uh-huh. And then there's like a screen and a toilet in the back. Right. How did you feel about that? What were your thoughts on the layout of the room? Oh, there was a, oh and there's another thing. The main light wasn't on. We had like a, a lamp. So oh. it set the atmosphere a bit better. Oh, nice. Yes. A bit of ambiance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And although it was the clinic was pretty empty there was a cleaner outside i could hear quite distinctly oh dear which um took the romance out of it a bit <laughs> that was the say. bit that took the romance out yeah. of it <laughs> but i managed to do it you did well you done did. me yay um... <laughs> round of applause and then i came out with my treasure lovely um, into the waiting room where there were two women waiting yeah. and I realised I had my flies open. <laughs> um, so just to add to the add to the day. To be fair, it would not be an IVF experience without some sort of comedy value yeah. from us. And then you just go up to another go, look what I've done. Ta-da! And walk shamefully away. But I don't think I've ever been more proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Masters be damned. (laughs) This is your greatest achievement to date. And then we got Greg, so... And then we got a Greg's, because that is what all all champions do. After they have conquered their Everest, you have a Greg's. I also got through my first year of my graduate programme on the same day, so... It was a good day. It was a big celebration (laughs) in the Fox household on Wednesday. Big celebrations. So, oh, and the third thing that happened, the third good thing that happened on Wednesday, is that we had a call from the embryologist, because after you successfully did your sample, they thawed our eggs. That was a win. And I had been so nervous about giving my sample, I forgot that anything was going to happen after my sample. (laughs) So then I read, oh, it's uh, started. Yeah, and then that anxiety kicks in. Yeah. So that's delightful. Um, so yes, we had a call from the embryologist to say that um, of the 11 eggs that we purchased, all 11 survived the thaw. 
So we and they had the ICSI process and done. They, yeah, they they were they, they had ICSI'd them. They had been ICSI'd. So um so we were beginning the long game, the waiting game, which I mean I don't know I can't remember if I said this actually before, but I'd been feeling so detached from the process mm. because I'm literally like just taking some pills. And as of Wednesday, shoving stuff up my arse, which is, by the way, our clinic's preferred route. Not mine, but, you know, follow the rules. Um, so it didn't really feel like I was kind of involved in any way, shape or form. Like, it just felt so detached from it. Um, and it's been so long, I think, since we've, like, even gotten this far. Mm. That... It, <laughs> I kind of didn't feel particularly emotionally affected by it all, I don't think. I was just kind of like plodding along, taking one step at a time, day by day. And then as soon as she sort of said, oh, by the way, you've now got some fertilised embryos, or some thawed eggs, sorry. Yeah, we haven't got that far yet. Sorry. Jump the gun. Sorry, damn it, spoilers. <laughs> too keen, too keen. Um, now that you've got some, some thawed eggs... Um, the game begins. The game begins, yeah. And so you just kind of totally forget, I think, how fucking intense it is. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so that was the that was the Wednesday. And then we waited anxiously for a call um, the following day to let us know, if any, how many of our eggs had fertilised. Now, bearing in mind... Um, the last time we did this was potentially was around two years ago. Well, the last time we had an IVF was no, no, but six I mean, months ago. But wait, a lot longer than that, like twelve, almost twelve months ago now. But the last time we were like waiting, waiting for, <clears throat> for for this, you know, kind of call. I mean, the last time we did wait for the call because we got eggs. Sorry, yeah, sorry. The last time we waited for the call, we got nothing. So no fertilization. No fertilization at all. We had four eggs, no fertilization. So what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way is I was really fucking anxious about it. Um but fortunately our clinic rang us uh in the morning, so we got a call at approx ten AM to let us know that out of our eleven that they'd exceed, um, we had six fertilized. Boom. So I experienced about a second of elation yeah. and then sunk into a deeply anxious funk. Yep. Because you then realise that even though you've got six, and I, I genuinely was like swinging from, oh my God, what if we get like, all 11 are fertilised? That's going to be amazing. Yeah. To what if we get none? What if we get nothing? I hadn't even thought about in between. Um, I was going from, you know, one extreme to another. I think this was the really worrying thing because although we had been advised to use my sperm with donor eggs, I wasn't, I know it's like doctors saying it, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. I think if we, if this didn't fertilise, then why do we use mine? I mean, to be honest, I wasn't even worried about that. I was. I was worried the eggs would be shit again. Because even though you buy like these, you know, 11 or 10 mature eggs, whatever. Free range. Free range. Organic. Um, Tesco finest. You don't. Maybe the blue ones. You know, the the special blue ones that we like to get from Aldi? Anyway, we digress. Um, 
I, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to be good quality because there's no way to test the quality, really. Nope. So it was just very much like, you know, I was kind of have fear on the egg side. I hadn't even really considered or was concerned about, you know, your your sperm um, being the problem because I was kind of confident that they knew or... I felt like the, the choice that we'd made to use donor eggs was a logical choice mm. and to not use donor sperm. Oh, I think based on the information we had, I think it was wise to, that was the best gamble. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so we had the call to say you've got six are fertilised and now we're not going to ring you um, for a few days. So I had a meltdown on my line manager poor sod um sorry tim i I don't think he listens but you know welcome (laughs) um doing my one-to-one and um i incidentally he's my line manager from that that's weird (laughs) that's really weird um but and it's quite good actually because as an aside um work are aware of our circumstances and and they've all been really supportive Um, in fact, I think a colleague of mine is a regular listener, which is quite nice. Just give a little shout out to Sharon. Yeah. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> Hello. I felt bad giving a shout out to Tim and then, because <laughs> he doesn't even listen to this. And then, you know, I know Sharon listens on the reg. So anyway. Um, Gareth listens as well. Does he? <laughs> really? I think he has listened, yes. No. I'm leaving all of this. Sorry, this has completely gone into someone who listens for work thing. This is really weird. Um, anyway, so that had, you know, Meltdown Online Manager. Um, and I think I just really, it, it started to feel really very real to me then um, from that point that actually, you know, we had sort of fertilisation and it wasn't over. Like we weren't out of the game. Um, and I was kind of saying to you, wasn't I, that I just very much felt like if we even got to transfer the responsibility on me or that you know I know not put on by you but the kind of pressure I was putting on myself because I'm kind of not responsible for for the bun the bun at this particular moment in time has very little to do with me genetically or physically I'm the oven so once it goes into the oven if things go tits up I think I'm going to feel huge pressure. Yeah, but I think you've you've gone through the egg collection, which has led to these eggs yourself in the past. So you've gone through all what you needed to do to get to this stage. What do you mean? I've previously yeah, had you've experienced it, and we wouldn't have got to this stage if you hadn't have done that. All of those things. Mm, I guess so. Um. But it's definitely feeling a lot more real now. And that lovely bliss that I was feeling, um, the, that detached bliss, has well and truly disappeared. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as Emma said, we've gone from having a football team <laughs> to having... Well, we, we had, uh, from as of... We had that previous thing where we went from a football team... To a five-a-side team with a sub. Yeah. Was that right? How many is it? Five, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had, we had yeah, six. Yeah, okay, okay. 
Six fertilised. And would you like to give them an update on the phone call that we literally had about five minutes ago? Oh, a quarter of an hour ago now, because we've been there for half an hour. Oh. <laughs> All right, I was trying to build a bit of tension. <laughs> we've been on this for 12 minutes. Oh, I have kept these poor people in suspense long enough. Uh, we got a call. Yep. Circa 20 minutes ago. Circa 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, and... Tell me if I've got this right. Go ahead. We've got four that are progressing as they should yeah. towards blastocyst. Yeah, so... One particularly that's already advancing. Yeah. Uh, and three that are at the appropriate stage. Yeah. One that's at six, six cells. Five cells. Five so cells they, so is a little slower. Yeah, so they expect five to eight at this point. Yeah. So uh, six to eight, sorry, at this point. So it's still still in the game. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is split into two cells. Yeah, so we're kind of assuming... So still trying his best. Yeah, but we're just assuming he's probably not going to go any further. But I, I think we couldn't have asked for much better than, uh, than that. Absolutely staggered. Yeah. Absolutely staggered. I genuinely was like those statistics of that video that we watched were just flying around my head Mm. so as soon as we had that oh you've got six fertilized i was like right okay well that's you know maximum of 20 percent that's going to fertilize there you know and then again maximum of 20 percent that's going to make it to blast so yeah I, i mean i had in my head it had disaster written all over it um, yeah. And I'm just absolutely delighted that we've got this far. Yeah. So we'll be delighted for about a quarter of an hour, and yeah. then <laughs> and then we'll just start. We'll just start panicking again. Um, but yeah, so our transfer is set for uh, Monday, um, which will be day five. And uh, I guess we'll have a conversation with them at the time about whether or not to transfer one or two and how things are looking in terms of freezing and all that sort of stuff. Um, And and kind of see where we are. So I think that um, we've kind of... I feel like we've we've nailed this so far. I'm just... Well... (laughs) Can I just say I'm caveating that with so far? Yes. I mean, my expectations have definitely been ma- been met and more. Yeah, it's concerning. I think to get through to the fertilised stage, to yeah. get something to transfer, was a real mountain to climb. A huge. I think because we just had we've had the worst luck with IVF so far. Oh yeah, it's been terrible. Um, so to get to transfer has been is amazing. And, and this, you know, like we were speaking about this the other day and, you know, for me, I think I might have said this before, but I never felt that we had a fair crack at the whip. Yeah. And so, you know, when they always say you should have a minimum, you know, the recommendation is a minimum of three cycles. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and to me, a cycle, a successful cycle is getting to transfer. Yeah. Having, you know, so having three embryos on board was always what I wanted to achieve and I just really felt like I couldn't move on unless that had happened and I feel like 
we have got a serious opportunity to, for that to happen now. Yep. And even if it's just one, even if we just have one embryo on board and we do it twice, I feel like we've given it everything that we could have. We cannot yep. ask for any more. So for me, I'm, I, f- I feel like I've, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. I've done as much as I could. And if this is not the path that we're destined to, to ride... I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I know we couldn't have done anything else. So, yeah. It's a very exciting update from us. I think you've just got to take the positives when you can get them, really, can't you? Absolutely. I think that's totally right. You know, you just... You've got to accept those wins. Whatever happens in the future, at this stage in time, we've got some embryos. We have. We've got some embryos and we've got an opportunity that we have not... We've never experienced a day five transfer before. Nope. So, Foxbrio version 2, version 2.0 is, you know, is doing well. Yep. And we can't Exists. Ask, exists. Yeah, it exists. And we can't ask for more than that. So, uh, so, yeah, it's a very, you know, it's a very positive update from us, which is lovely. Yeah. And it feels as though we haven't been able to give one of those for a little while. Well, it's just any progress, really. Mm. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, and we'll uh, catch up with you guys again. Bye. Bye. Hi. Hi. How are you? Grand. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you sound about as flat (laughs) as I feel, to be fair. Yeah. has been a great week. It really hasn't, and I don't know whether or not we should put out, like, a warning. What sadness warning? Yeah, this episode contains sadness. And it's definitely not the episode that we were hoping to bring you. It's a, a medium. I suppose it could be, there could be a really, there could be a worse episode in the future. Oh, I see, right. Um, but there could be a much better episode. Yes, there could have been a, a significantly better episode. Um, I mean, I just don't even know where to begin, to be Do honest. Want to start the headline. Which was the head? What's the headline? That we haven't transferred. Oh, foxes, yeah, don't transfer embryo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I no. didn't mean a literal headline. I should maybe the bullet point would have been um footnote. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Executive summary. Executive summary. If I executive summarise, does that mean that I've got to uh, reference in the Harvard way? Because yeah. I never quite got that right. Um anyway, let's let's start from the very beginning, as Julie Andrews says, a very good place to start. Um, so I think the last time that we updated you guys, we had had some fertilisation. Is that where we were? I think so. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think we'd booked in to go for uh, a transfer. I think. Um, if I'm wrong, just to recap, we purchased eleven donor eggs. And we, all of 11 survived the thaw, which we were really pleased with. Um, And then six of those eggs fertilised. 
um, and we were given, um, they called us on day three to inform us that of those six, um, one was ahead of where it should be, three were at the right point and one was lagging behind. Um, so a slightly behind and one was still at two cells. So we were really quite uh, excited because we were in a much better position than we had ever been before. Um, and we were given a time slot for a, five, a day five transfer. Um, and I basically spent the whole morning just freaking out. Um, because I, I don't know, I was just expecting the worst. I was expecting to have some sort of bad news delivery. Um, that comes later. I know, Come on. <laughs> I know, but I'm just setting the scene. I'm setting the scene. Um, yeah, so I we were booked in to sort of go uh, late morning, weren't we? And I just spent, yeah, like I said, I spent, spent the whole morning just worrying and like obsessively checking my phone because I thought that we might get a call to say sorry, none of your eggs have gotten to this point, don't bother coming in. Um, we didn't get to that point, and I was actually uh, recording voice notes um, of how, kind of how I was feeling in preparation for uh, doing an episode for you guys, and uh, recorded one kind of going in before going in I also recorded one did you yes um and you know as obviously we're still in the time of the corona um I was had to go in by myself so I was quite nervous about going going in on my own I was nervous about um the transfer itself because I knew that it wasn't going to be pleasant um because of my previous issues with um, sort of my cervix and things like that. So I was a bit nervous and it was made worse, I think, by the fact that Nick couldn't be with me. Um, but I got there and got set up in the room and everything. Um, had a mild panic when I realised that I'd forgotten my identification, um, yeah. which was my first sort of... Um, which was my first concern, but um, they obviously had record of me on file, so everything was fine. Um, they went down, checked my bladder to make sure that I was at the point of wetting myself um, and confirmed that was the case. Um, rang you, I think. Yeah, they rang me to say, is it all right for us to go ahead? And you went, no. Yeah. Who's this? Go over what? Um, and off I went down to the theatre um, once again. The theatre of broken dreams. The theatre of broken dreams. Um, and I'm sure you figured out by now that that is where it all went really, really badly <laughs> wrong. Um, so, firstly, I'd just like to say that... Um, we, for those of you who maybe you don't remember, um, we had already had a mock embryo transfer um, 
a few cycles ago to establish that access could still be gained to my womb um, because of previous issues and because I had previously had to go through dilatation surgery. And that was undertaken by our kind of regular consultant um, who knows our history and has obviously been with us from the start. Um, I didn't have my regular consultant and the consultant that I did have didn't seem to really know or understand anything about my history. Um, And so I had to explain when I got there um, that I had had this procedure done previously and they had had problems and because they had problems I had to have a mock embryo transfer. Um, so I have to say that that didn't really fill me with a significant amount of confidence, no. um, unfortunately. And um, as you've probably guessed by now, my cervix has closed up again. So all of the scar tissue seems to have reformed and they were unable to get access to my womb to implant our day five embryo. Um, so they actually asked for a second opinion while I was on the bed. So one of the other consultants came down and, um, confirmed that yes, um, there was issues with getting access, um, and that, uh, I would need to go through more surgery before I was able to come back to transfer, um, transfer the embryo. So, um, that was pretty heartbreaking to be honest. And I was blissfully unaware of it at this point. Yeah, Nick had no idea. Um, and I was just, yeah, like I said, pretty devastated. Um, it wasn't a happy text message. It really wasn't. Um, thankfully, one of the nurses um, gave me a, a, a hug, which was definitely most needed at the time and probably wasn't allowed but um I yeah that sort of human contact at that point was was you know worth its weight in gold really um they've frozen the embryo so that is um that is one thing and uh we were told um prior to me going down to theatre that I would that they were still keeping an eye on five of the embryos no, four of the embryos, sorry, and that they would let us know how those were going. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a hellish day, to be mm. honest, and definitely, I mean, I say this, you know, every time, that it was just unexpected, and you just feel really foolish for not kind of expecting these things yeah. to happen to you, because we seem to just have the worst luck when it yeah. comes to IVF. It's every time you go in feeling a little bit excited or hopeful and that's when it's every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was um, chatting with both Gabby and Emma and I think it was Gabby that was saying um, that she just feels really, feels it really deeply that we just expect things to go wrong and um yeah it's times like this when you just that is that is just confirmed you know I it sounds really silly but I did feel hopeful going into that clinic because yep. 
you know, we hadn't got that far in a really, really, really long time. And actually, we'd never got as far as a day five embryo. No. And, um, yeah, once again, it just it just felt like you'd been shot upon from a great height. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we left that, that day pretty feeling pretty flat. Yeah, I remember you walking towards me in tears, which isn't a nice... Um, image I'll hold on to for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. walking down the street. Just cry. I cried so hard, my contact lens came out. Yeah, yeah in my left eye. So that was a good thing you didn't let me drive yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's. Uh, I had my flat day on Monday. You had your flat sad day on on Tuesday, didn't you? I think. Yeah. Um, it all just sort of hit you and. Yeah, I just woke up in a sad mood. And, um, yeah, it's it's been a pretty sad week, to be honest with you. Um, I actually had a call from from the clinic um, just to sort of uh, discuss kind of what happens next. Um, and it's very much a case of me needing to organise for more cervical dilatation surgery, um, either privately or through the NHS. Obviously, the NHS is is pretty uh, pretty stretched right now. Yeah. So it's really a case of just not knowing how that how long that's going to take. Um, versus obviously spending more money to yeah. try and get it done privately, um, considering how much we've kind of spent already, and. Um, yeah, to add insult to injury, would you like to tell everyone how many embryos we have left of the 11 eggs that we purchased? Just the one. Just the one. Yeah. Yeah. We got a call, well, you got a call from the nurse originally, was it Thursday? Yeah, yeah. And she rang just because uh, you had mentioned that you hadn't heard anything... We were just going to be getting a letter. We were going to be getting a letter, yeah. And she's she and she didn't have much information at the time, did she? It was just a case of unfortunately only one was good enough to freeze. Yeah. So even though we actually ended up with um, a further three at blastocyst stage um, on on the Tuesday, they weren't of good enough quality to survive the thaw. Um, so it there was no point in in mm. freezing them. Um, so we definitely got hit by the statistics, mm. which I shouldn't be surprised. No, at all. Um, I just she just try and keep on. We've got one. Yeah. We've got one, and it's of good quality. Yeah. A A Ron. A A Ron. As he's been dubbed, he <laughs> or she has been dubbed. Yeah. Poor bugger. Um, <laughs> For those of you who are completely confused by that, you'll just have to Google substitute teacher on YouTube. Key and peel, substitute teacher. And enjoy yourselves. Um, but yes. It's AA quality. AA it? quality. And we've just got to hope that at some stage, probably not in 2020, um, that we'll get to put him back and and that'll be that. So what were we told? 97% chance of surviving the thaw. Yes. Yes, so fingers crossed that will that will go ahead at some point, and we will take you along for the ride. Um, you haven't quite 
You just tell me how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just skip to the last yeah. chapter, please. Um, so you haven't quite finished with us yet, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be quiet for a little while on that front, I think, until yes. until we've got some more news for you. I think it should be noted that while we speak about this in a jovial fashion, yeah, it has been really hard. It's been really shit. It's been really shit, and I've had some really bleak days. Yeah. Um, it just feels exceptionally unfair, and you know, life pre. It's it's difficult because I was I was speaking with some friends of mine and. Um, I was just saying, like, I we have a great life. Yeah. We have a really great life, and I fucking hate the fact that IVF overshadows it. Overshadows it all, and it it makes me forget that I have a great yeah. life. It makes me forget all of the wonderful things that I have, and everything that I have achieved, and focuses on the one thing that I don't have. Yeah. In a big way. In a massive way. In a massive way. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had completely forgotten or, like, had some sort of mind blank about how fucking shit IVF is. Yeah. I think I've been at my least hopeful this week. I've really got bleak. Like, and I've never quite got that low with it like oh we've always got a chance maybe next time we've got one embryo to this and that this week it just really like felt like a kick in the nads I mean I just want the universe to just leave us alone (laughs) just piss off leave me alone because I have taken about as much as I can take and it was a bit of I don't know how much more I can take of this and if if we didn't have that one embryo in storage I feel like I just would have needed to have walked away because I can't take any more and yeah yeah we just need to have um, started the grieving process and got through it I think definitely I feel I am fully in anger space right now yeah it was a massive frustration day I I think maybe Monday was a bit I was feeling frustrated and I think it was my I was looking after you on Monday and then we we saw I think it's the way it normally works I take care of you one day and then you take care of me the next day proper role reversal didn't we I think that's just the way it sort of happened yeah it works and And I think we've just both been just really angry and frustrated with everything that's happened and um I just, I'm just done. I'm just so, so knackered, and I'm done. And I just, I'm sick of fighting. Yeah. I'm sick of fighting, and I'm. I just, all I see is just the negative and the sadness. Yeah, I mean that was it this week. It was just there was not nothing else but that really. There's no. Anything else at all? There wasn't. There wasn't. And I I'm, don't think there will be for quite a while, to be honest. I think I'm starting to focus on that one embryo now. Focus on, we've got that. Yeah. It's of good quality. Yeah. 
Thank God for that. Yeah, and I really hope that psychologically transferring that final embryo can really be the thing that helps me to close the door. Yeah. Um, because I think for us, any more IVF is just delaying... I mean, I feel like it's just delaying the process of adopting. Yeah. Um, because I just can never see... I can't see a light in it. I can't see a shining light in it at all. Um, and I hope that nobody blames me for that. I know that there are people out there who just have to... Who are able to maintain this level of positivity. And I really admire them for that. Because I just feel now that this is something that I just need to get through. Yeah. I need to get through it. I need to get past it. And I need to close that door and I need to move on. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but I hate that this has overshadowed our lives for so long. I hate that this has overshadowed our marriage for so long. And I want to start enjoying my life again. Yeah. Because it just sucks. Yeah. It really, really sucks. I think it reminded us also, in the, in the, in the main... When you're not going for a cycle, you can put it to the back of your mind a bit. You can, I think. And you do get these pangs of like sadness when you see families and children and babies and things. Um, but it's manageable, hmm. I guess. I don't know how manageable it would be if we... Or when we've decided that that door is fully closed. I don't know how manageable that's going to be for me to see pregnant women because... Like, knowing that that's the thing I'm never going to have. Um, but we'll get to that point when we get there. You know, there's pointless thinking about it. Yeah, or worrying about it yet. Trying to focus on what we know. Trying to focus on what we can control. And I'm trying to focus on the things that I can change, which is getting this surgery. So I'm not yeah. trying to get ahead of myself. We're gearing up for one last fight. We're gearing up for one last fight. We want to give it 110% and I want to be able to walk away from this yep. knowing that I have done my best. Preferably with like a massive explosion. Yeah. What's that song? Cool guys. Don't look at, cool guys don't look at explosions. There you go. I want to mic drop. I want to explode. I want to... And I want to walk away knowing that I've given this my all. So, yeah, I'm really sorry that it's not better news, guys. But I really hope that it shows the realities of everything that's happening. And um, for those of you who are also in a shit place with it, you're not alone. No. And um, hopefully we'll come at you with some good news soon. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Speak soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Liz. Hello. How are you? Are you okay? I'm fine, thank you. I'm all right. I'm surviving. You're surviving. Yeah, I mean, that's really important, especially at this time. It is. And I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of you in, you know, in terms yeah. of down to. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, so this um, episode is going to come out on Tuesday and we're speaking on Sunday. Boris Johnson made his big announcement last night. So actually, England isn't going to be a knockdown even when this episode comes out. Um, but I think you're going to contribute to our newsletter. Give us some little tips. I am. I am. Um <laughs> having been in lockdown now for I want to say about a week but um Mark Drake has, has sort of semi-locked us down for a lot longer than that so um great yeah I feel like I'm old hat at this <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I've been in lockdown for a thousand years yeah yeah um, yeah it's, it's very weird you sort of take for granted the things that you you know feel like you just do without even thinking you know, mm-hmm. like general just trips to the shops, and now you're just really conscious of the fact that I must only leave my house for essential items. Um, and I found out the other day actually that turns out key cutting not essential. Really? Yes. I don't know why that... it would be essential because I'm in lockdown. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll use it as a reason to get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, discover that the place is closed because it's not essential. That's really disappointing. Quite disappointing, actually. So our listeners last heard you um, beginning of September after a fucking shitty time. Yeah. Um, Are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. To be honest with you, it's taken me a really long time to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I sort of did my usual... I'm just going to eat all of the food and drink all of the booze and yeah. not let myself at all um, yeah. just to kind of try and get through it, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm feeling better. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely feeling better. I think you forget when you're going through a round, like how kind of all-consuming it is. And mm-hmm. then when that round kind of ends quite abruptly or not it that kind of consumption really stays with you for quite a long time 
and you forget about kind of the extra elements in your life. Um, so yeah, so it's taken me a really long time to kind of feel a bit more like me. Um, and I, I still don't 100% feel like me, to be honest, but I'm getting there and I feel like I spent a lot of time putting a lot of pressure on myself, not just for the most recent round, but for a really long time before that. Mm-hmm. Um, focusing on fertility and getting myself into a really good place. And actually, it sounds really bizarre to say it, but none of it was specifically for me. Um, you know, it wasn't to benefit my own mental well-being or, or my own kind of relationship with myself and my body. It was for the sole purpose of getting pregnant. Um yeah. So, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to, because obviously we've mentioned it before that regardless of what happens, um, you know, with this one little embryo, um, Aaron, as we call it, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens, we're not doing this again. And I think this time round really reinforced that for me because I just don't think that I could take the emotional roller coaster again. It's, it's so hard. Too much. It's too yeah. much, and I'm tired of it. And so I'm just really kind of mindful of the fact that, you know, whatever happens next, probably quite soon, as in, you know, within the next 12 months, we're going to be at a place where I'm going to have to focus on me again because I think, you know, the whole adoption process from, from the research that we've done previously that's equally as consuming and as emotional and as, you know, tiring. So I yeah. think the action is to just really try and, like, look after myself um, yeah. and, and kind of just feed my soul a bit, I guess, to, to get through the next kind of stages. Does it make you feel better that you know that in the next 12 months you're going to have a bit of certainty, whatever that certainty may be, about what's happening next or does it make you feel like oh I've got another huge thing to get into it's completely different but it's potentially just as hard um I don't know really because sometimes I feel a bit like talking about it I worry sometimes that actually I'm just kind of paying lip service to myself and not really kind of recognizing it or fully believing that that's the case um I don't even know if that makes sense it's almost that kind of thing you know when you say it out loud it becomes it becomes real and I think it's still it's either route doesn't really feel real I still kind of feel like in this sort of bubble of just I need to just keep moving forward and then I'll just sort of deal with whatever happens when it happens um so I don't think that the reality necessarily has hit me yet that this is going to be the last round of IVF we ever go through. Um, and and when it does, I don't know how I'm going to deal with, with that. But I definitely feel like you're right in the fact that there is some peace to having an end date. And however much that will hurt my heart when it happens, because I think it probably will, I know that I'm making that decision in my most rational mind mm-hmm. like kind of look on that and, and and know that I'm making the best decision or we are making the best decision for, for us really um so yeah it's it's a bit of a 
it's a bit of a weird one because I, I, I don't really like to think or, or believe too far in advance because, you know, I say 12 months. Goodness knows how long it could be with this whole corona. Um, oh, my God, yes. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, it just, I think you spend a lot of fertility time looking ahead and, and, and sometimes the kind of dashed hope that comes with that is worse mm-hmm. um, so you just kind of learn to focus and li- live in live in the now for the minute just to just, just to get through it absolutely um, yeah I don't know if, I don't know if that answers the question but I, I guess the answer is I don't know <laughs> which which is the answer to almost every question when it comes to infertility huh yeah <laughs> yeah um so from a kind of practical point of view what are your next steps are you waiting for surgery still yes so we've had a couple of things, um, appointments and, and various things happen really. So um, I, the first thing that we did um, is I got a referral from my, uh, from my GP, um, sort of the same situation and, and had to do kind of all of that online. Um, and I also got in touch with the team in the hospital who undertook my surgery the last time. Um, just to see whether or not they could kind of offer any advice. And um, they actually sent you an appointment um, probably within a couple of, well, probably about four or five weeks. Um, and so, and that was a, a sort of an NHS clinic. And so I, I went along to that. And um, it definitely kind of felt, I don't want to say waste of time. Um, mm-hmm. I actually in all fairness to them, it then become became um, not a waste of time. But but at the time, you know, I was kind of sent away with no referral from the private clinic. And so I didn't really, I sort of thought I knew what I needed, but I wasn't 100% certain. And I, I didn't feel like I could adequately explain um, to them through a mask uh, <laughs> in an emotional state exactly <laughs> I needed. Um, oh, God. So they were sort of a bit a bit frustrated with the fact that I didn't really have a sort of definite referral to detail exactly what was what was needed. So um, they sort of said to me, oh, uh, leave it with us. We'll speak to a couple of people within the department and um, get back in touch with you. Um, so I then received another um, appointment from the NHS which I assumed was actually a follow-up from my um, from my original uh, request for a referral with my GP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't. It was actually as a result of my original appointment. Um, and that was actually last week, I think. Uh, okay. and basically, they advised that there were two ways that they could go about dilating the cervix. Um, they were more than happy to do it. Um, they could either do it under general, which in the world's COVID, um, they weren't sure how long that would take because of surgery delays and availability and things. Um, or they could do it under local anaesthetic, which would be similar to microscopy surgery, and which they were fairly sure they could do by the end of the year. Great. So they didn't kind of give an indicator as to which one was best, but I just wanted to. I just want to get it over and done with. So I've elected to go for the local 
Um, so I'm just on a list somewhere and I'm waiting for an appointment. Um, but in the meantime, we also got in touch with a couple of private clinics. Um, again, a lot of the ones down here are still under contact with the NHS, so mm-hmm. private surgeries and stuff aren't really happening much at the moment. Um, but through a family friend, um, my a friend of my mum's actually, um, she kind of put us in touch with a gynecologist in London who is more than happy to do the surgery. Um, okay. And she basically just said, look, give me a call and we'll book it in. Um, so she's pretty flexible, which is good. Um, but it does mean that I have to come to London, have a COVID test and then self-isolate. Oh, so probably mean that we might get like an Airbnb or something if we can still based on these new Boris guidelines. Mm. So it's already complicated and it's being further complicated by COVID. It has, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, so I've got a couple of options as, as far as the surgery is concerned. Um, and I've also spoken with my clinic um, who've kind of given, given a bit of a plan and a bit of a path forward. So the hope is that I will go for the dilatation in December, um, which is, seems possible on kind of both fronts, maybe, depending on getting to London and things, um, and then do a mock transfer in January and then do a, a formal transfer. Formal? I don't know if that's the correct term. But... A formal transfer in which you wear a ball gown <laughs> and the, the surgeon is in top hat and tails. Absolutely. That's how I like to do all my transfers. <laughs> cool. So, so proper transfer in February. Proper transfer in February, and they're actually talking about um, sedating me as well for the proper transfer, um, because that just means that they can um, again. I don't know if this is a proper term, but be more aggressive with my. <laughs> really get in there yeah (laughs) well it it sounds like an absolute nightmare as per yeah I mean this is just savage behavior for us surely yeah (laughs) well listen we'll catch up with you really soon and um we'll probably hear from you I hope we hear from you before our next series begins in January well absolutely I mean I feel like this is you know part of my life now so I'd be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look try and have a lovely christmas like you know what there's nothing that i can say to make anything better it's shit it's all fucking shit it is but you know i think you've got to laugh of me when you've got to just see you know you've got to get the enjoyment out of it you know i get a christmas of, yeah. you know a full enjoyment of my um wine club membership yeah you know all all the bad food that you're not supposed to have so I'm very much looking forward and hopefully hopefully seeing my family which I'm very much looking forward to amazing well mate look have a lovely few months and we'll catch up with you again soon yes definitely take care see you see ya hey guys that's a wrap that's a wrap so you're well and truly caught up with the foxes yes um Sorry it wasn't happier news. Yeah, it's so hot. It's just... It's fucking shit, basically, isn't it? Infertility. Mm. It's fucking shit. shit. Um, But their story's not over. 
no it's not over there's still more and we'll catch up with them in january yep. again if not before yeah exactly um and we also will be back in january although we may bring you a christmas special oh yes we've got to do a christmas special we have so but only if you've been very good this year yes exactly you better write to santa yeah um, and of course, at the beginning of our next series, we will have a very big, exciting announcement to make. Oh my god, I can't wait! I know, I'm so I just I'm so bad at keeping secrets, and this has been oh. the longest secret that I've ever it's had really, to keep. It has been the long game with this secret. Yeah, I just I feel like I want to like go and stand on top of a tall building and shout. <laughs> but anyway, well, guys, you really are going to have to wait. Yes. But um, until then, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay safe in lockdown, guys. We're thinking about all of you. And let us know about how your banana bread goes. And, yeah, please uh, do. Yeah, we'll speak to you soon. And sign up to the newsletter. Sign up to the newsletter, guys. It's the future. <laughs> it is. Have a really lovely few months and see you in January or December. Speak to you soon. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.